Turn to Hebrews chapter 13. We're going through the book of Hebrews 11, 12, and 13 are the chapters. And um, I've got a conviction that I need to back up to chapter 1 through 10 uh, later on because uh, Hebrews is a key, key book. And I will uh, share what the Lord has laid on my heart. This morning I'd like to preach on how to be content. Amen? I know uh, a lot of times we pout, panic, and we're pitiful, especially during times of pandemic and political unrest, and there's a lot of discontent going on. So God's Word's always on time. God's Word's always on time. And uh, when I preach expositorily or verse by verse, chapter by chapter, it's amazing how God's Word helps us in times like these. We have seven children to baptize at the end of the service. Uh, Sadie started something here, praise God, that's good, good example, and uh, we're excited about uh, that, uh, and uh, the Lord's yearly used the Master Club ministry on Wednesday night in a very special way, but uh, our text this morning is Hebrews chapter 13, and we're going to read verses 1 through 6 if you'll stand in honor the Word of God. Thank you families for being here, thank you for dedicating your children to the Lord, dedicating yourself to the Lord. And I believe that your Christianity rises no higher than your Christianity in the home. Everything else is pumped up. Uh, your true Christian disposition doesn't come out around the Lord's Supper table. Anybody can put it on in church. But it comes out around the breakfast table. Amen. And I think every child should have the opportunity to be raised in a godly home. Amen. So I appreciate these parents so much. Look at Hebrews chapter 13. The Bible says, let brotherly love continue. We need some of that, don't we? Uh, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for by some having entertained angels unaware. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 3. Remember them that are in bonds and bound with them, and them that suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. There's a lot of church members being thrown in jail for their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be contented with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Can somebody say amen right there? It says, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I'll not fear what man shall do. Unto me. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the good dedication service. It's just been a privilege and honor to, to be here today. So many that are sick that cannot be here, many are watching by way of internet. Pray that you bless them as they, as they worship in their home this morning. Uh, Lord, I thank you, dear God, for the Oglesby family, the Maccabee family. I pray that you bless them as they go to the cemetery this afternoon. Give them peace and comfort. Uh, Lord, I pray that you just uh, break the weather so they'd have a good, a good uh, uh, graveside service. Lord, thank you for what you did yesterday during the funeral. And I pray, God, that you brought conviction and comfort. Lord, I pray that you'd help us in this message. I know I need it. And God, help us to realize how much we need you. And that if we have you, you're all we need. And so, Lord, please bless in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the epistle of Hebrews... Is one of the most important books in the New Testament. One of the most important books. And it contains uh, some of the most impo important doctrine of Christianity. The Christian who reads and studies the book of Hebrews is breathing a divine atmosphere and is bathing in the sunshine of God's preeminence. 
Jesus Christ. The Christian who loves to study the epistle um, are believers who grow to the point in their spiritual life where they're not only ready to have strong spiritual meat, but to partake of it. And having passed beyond the need to be fed, as Hebrews 6 says, verse 1, with milk. Uh, the believer who abides in Hebrews is going to the on to perfection. And the word perfection in this contents is, is uh, maturity. Not, not per- we'll never be perfect till we get to heaven. All you wives, elbow your husband and say amen right there. We'll never be perfect till we get to heaven. But we can be more like Jesus day by day. And so as we study a book like Hebrews, we see Jesus. There's the theme. We see Jesus high and lifted up, an intercessor. And these Christians, these Hebrew Christians, were going back. They were being persecuted. That's why verse um, uh, two, 3 says, remember them that are in bonds. Uh, they, would, they didn't get locked up because of, uh, of a habitual violator on traffic citations. They were put in bonds because of Christianity. They were put in bonds because they believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and the death, burial, and resurrection, and they forsook the temple worship. They forsook the shadows and the substances and the, and the types that is in the Old Testament. The, the, uh, they, they said there is no other high priest but the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? A lot of people still worship priests today. And then they uh, said there, there's no greater temple than one in heaven. Don't, don't start going and worshiping at the temple. And then, folks, there's no greater sacrifice than the sacrifice of Calvary, and no greater altar than the altar of Calvary. But see, they were going back. And he said, let us go on to perfection. Let us see Jesus. Let us press on. And folks, I want to tell you something. It's the Lord Jesus Christ who saves you, He directs you, and thank God He intercedes for you. And I want to tell you something, folks. You need Jesus, and I do too. We can't live without Him. There is nobody like Him. And there's nobody above him. Can somebody say amen? And thank the Lord, friend, when you have Jesus and you have a living relationship with the risen, ascended Lord on the right hand of God, you have enough. And we Christians ought to be content. Say amen. Matter of fact, we ought to smile if we have to do it through a mask. Say amen. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. And folks, there's four reasons to be content. I'm going to give it to you real quick because i got a lot of baptisms. Amen, that's wonderful, and I love it. Thank God, Lord, saving souls during all this mess. I shouldn't call it a mess, but it has been a mess, amen? And I'm praying for healing. I'm praying for healing for our nation. But I'm going to give you four reasons why you ought to be content. Number one, in verse 5, it says this, Let your conversation, your way of life, be without covetousness, and be content with, the, with such things as ye have. Now, folks, that, we all need that, amen? We need to be content. And folks, I want to tell you this. You'll never be content until you have Jesus. Unless you're saved, there'll always be a hollowness in your soul. Unless you're saved, I'm telling you, friend, unless you're saved, you will always be searching for something else in places you shouldn't be searching. You'll be shopping in the wrong shopping center. Say amen right there. You'll want peace that the world gives you, and the world cannot give you peace. You'll want power over your sin. And there is no man that can help you over your sin except the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, you'll want contentment and peace and joy and, and uh, uh, lasting fulfillment. And you can only find it in Jesus. And so verse 13 
says that, or verse 5 in chapter 13 says, Be content with such things that you have. Amen? And it says, For he saith, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I believe this is the greatest, one of the greatest promises in the Word of God, that the Lord said He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And before, before you even think about Him leaving you, you ought to think about what you have in Him. Discontentment will sap you of joy and peace. There's a lot of people that are afraid today. I believe we ought to live cautiously, but I don't believe we ought to live in fear. I don't think fear ought to captivate our souls and we'd just be nervous wrecks during this time that we've been going through. But I want to tell you something. Without Jesus, I'd be a little nervous. If I, Without Jesus, I know I'd be scared to die. Amen? You never know when God's going to uh, call you home. And he's calling a lot of my friends home and a lot of your friends home during these times. And so discontentment will sap you of joy and peace. Contentment is not getting what you want, but it's wanting what you already have. Let me repeat that. Contentment it's not getting what you want, but it's wanting what you already have. You ought to be you ought to be satisfied with the Lord, Amen. Brother Lou Rossi, evangelist, and he's coming back in August. He, I got him booked as one of our awesome preachers in August. Pastors up in uh, Maryland, I believe it is near Baltimore. And once he led this guy to Lord on Sunday uh, Sunday morning, and he came back Sunday night and got in the prayer room. Now that's dangerous for some new converts to get in the prayer room because some some churches pray different. I was in a prayer room one time where all everybody prayed at the same time. And, and I'm from South Georgia, and I'm not used to that custom. We pray by course so I can agree with whoever's praying. If they're out of the will of God, I ain't, I ain't going to pray with them. I mean, they say, uh, Lord, help the pastor's wife uh, leave him. I'm not going to agree with that prayer, amen? So I want to know what people are praying. But, you know, if you pray all at the same time, that's your, that's your thing. That's fine. But I remember the, uh, the Brother Lou Rossi. Uh, said that this guy got caught in a prayer meeting, or he just got in the prayer room because he thought he was saved. He ought to come back to church. And if he's saved, he ought to go to the prayer meeting. And they was praying around the circle by course. And it got to his turn to pray, and he didn't know exactly what to pray, and he just said, Lord, I'm a satisfied customer. Amen. And I'll tell you something, Fred. You ought to be satisfied with Jesus. Amen. There ought to be a smile upon your face when you think about your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He saved you. Contentment will make a poor man rich, and make a poor man poor. I'll say that again. Contentment will either make a poor man rich or make a poor man poor. And folks, the lack of contentment will make you poor. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, turn with me there please. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Appreciate that Sunday school lesson this morning, granddaddy. That was good, amen. And uh, tell you what, we need Ecclesiastes in times like these. But in 1 Timothy chapter 6, the Bible says this, and I want to read verse uh, 6. It says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. And look at this. For we brought nothing into this world, and certainly we can carry nothing out. I've never seen a U-Haul it behind a hearse yet, have you? Amen. I preached that one time, and uh, Brother Rick Persley, our first organist, state trooper, died about 15 years ago, wasn't it, Miss Connie? 10, 5, I don't know, several years back. And uh, he got his truck made his son get in his truck, and he put a U-Haulet behind his truck, behind the hearse. I was in South Africa, so I didn't get to see that. But he wanted he wanted to be the first one to have a U-Haulet behind a hearse. But you can't take it with you. And some people act like they can. And folks, they're all wrapped up in their money and what they have. But look at this. It says, having 
food and raiment, let us therefore therewith be content. Listen to this now. But they that which be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil. I didn't say money. Thank God for money. How many of y'all thank God for money? Say amen. Especially it comes from payday. Thank the Lord for that. But the love of it, that means you live for it. And so, folks, people are discontented when they live to get very rich. But I want to tell you, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18, thank God for the unsearchable riches in Christ. The unsearchable riches. In chapter 2 of Ephesians, it says, the riches of His mercy. You're rich. You're rich. You have things that money cannot buy. And praise God, you got things that the government can't tax. Say amen right there. Amen. Thank the Lord for that. And folks, I want you to know that God gives us unsearchable riches. Unsearchable riches. I was checking into the hospital with my wife last Monday, and thank God the reception is here this morning. And I thank God for Deborah being here. But I thought about as she laid on that table, which I'm going to be laying on tomorrow morning, I thought, you know something? We haven't been sick much in our life. God's blessed us. And we're together this morning. And a lot of people have had to have a dear nurse with a with a with a uh, cell phone taking a picture of, of them as and videoing them as they take their last breath. Thank God for our nurses, Ms. Danielle and others that are first responders. And folks, I thought, boy, how blessed am I? So I started having a little blessing fit in the in the in the waiting room of the of the hospital, saying, "Thank God, I'm blessed. I'm blessed with every breath and 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 life and and health to be here." And folks, we take it for granted. And so, folks, this book of Hebrews is saying, "Calvary's enough. Our relationship with the Lord should be fulfilling." And folks, you can go back to religion or Judaism if you want to. Hebrews, but all that shadows and types and rituals. All that was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Amen. I, I believe in the Old Testament. I believe you ought to study the Old Testament. But every time the blood was shed, it was pointing to Calvary. Every time there was a, uh, an altar, it was pointing to Calvary. Thank God every time a lamb was slain, it was pointing to the Lamb of God. Say amen. But there's a difference about the Lamb of God. When he was slain up from the grave, three days later, he arose. And praise God, he, 40 days later, seen of over 500 men, by the way, and ladies, he ascended to the right hand of God, and now He ever lives to make intercession for us. So how dare we find our contentment in religion? How dare we find our contentment in money and the world and all the things of the world? The relationship with the living God through Jesus Christ brings ultimate contentment. Our deepest need will never be met by this world. Look at Luke chapter 12, verse 15. I'll start, I'll start closing. Don't pack up. I close and close and close. I love to close. It reminds me we got to baptize. But look at this. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. I love this verse. The Bible says this. And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For man's life consists not in the abundance of things which he possessed. And he goes on and gives a parable of a man that um, had plenty, and he built great barns, and he built he wanted to build greater barns so he could put hit, 
my fruit and my goods, verse 18, Luke chapter 12. And then the Bible, of uh, the Lord said, God said to him, verse 20, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. And then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? He said, you can't take it with you. Folks, I want to tell you something. The Lord said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, we ought to be content. We ought to be content in the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. Why? Because verse 19 says this. He says he'll supply our needs according to the riches, his riches in glory. He don't meet your greeds, he meets your needs. Say amen right there. And then the last time I checked, I need some things money can't buy. I need peace. I need joy. It's better than happiness. Happiness is based on happenings. If it don't happen, you're not happy. But folks, Jesus gives us joy, even in the midst of sorrow. We're schizophrenics as Christians. We're the only people that can smile and cry at the same time. Amen? That's the truth. Tears drip over our smile because we, 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 we're brokenhearted because a loved one goes on. But then we smile in our soul because we know where they're at. And they're in a far better place. Amen? I, th- I thank God for Miss Maccabee. She'd always tune in because of her grandson, Brother Cody, back there, uh, making sure that everything worked. And she'd always be praying for me every Sunday morning and Sunday night. Somebody's got to step up. I need somebody to pray for me. I know you do. Folks, I want to tell you something. The deepest need of our heart can only be met in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's a source of satisfaction. He's a source of sufficiency. He's a source of security. You can't face tomorrow without Him. I'd be scared to death if I didn't have the Lord. Folks, I'll tell you, true contentment not only comes through uh, His provision, but true contentment comes through companionship of His presence the companionship of His presence. Look at that final phrase, and I believe this is one of the most encouraging verses in the Bible. Aren't you glad you got in on this verse? Say amen. It says in verse 5 of Hebrews chapter 13, uh, just preaching through Hebrews 11, 12, and 13 during this pandemic, and I've enjoyed every bit of it. I hope you have. It says this. It says, And He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I'll never leave thee or forsake thee. I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. Yeah, I do know what I'm going to do tomorrow. But I don't know what's going to come in my life next month, next year. I don't know how many years i got left. Um, the way my family talks, I ain't got many years left. I was riding down the road minding my own business and with Brother Clay McNeese, and all of a sudden we had a flat tire. Brother Clay said, I can't change it. I said, I can, praise God. And I couldn't find the jack. I couldn't find the tire. I couldn't, and then I couldn't get it out. And then after a while, I was going to call Brother Gary and rescue me, but I said, I don't know what to do. I said, I'll just have to pray. I prayed, and finally I found the jack. Finally I found the tire. It was underneath the crazy thing. I, you know, my day you had it where you could see it, amen? You had one of those jacks hooked to the bumper, and you just jacked it up, amen? And uh, I remember uh, it took me about 45 50 minutes, and I finally got that thing changed, and then three uh, uh, old country boys in pickup trucks came by too late. I said, you need any help? I said, yeah, I need some oxygen. <laughs> and I want to tell you something. I hope I get through these seven baptisms, but I'm hurting all over, amen? And so uh, uh, I heard Connie on the phone talking to Stephanie, and she said, 
he had to change the tire for Brother Clay. He couldn't do it, and uh, he changed the whole thing. And and uh, my daughter said this. She said, you mean he still got it? I thought, what does she mean by that? And what she meant was, I thought he was too old to do something like that. Amen, I'm not that old. But folks, I want to tell you something. I'm glad that I don't know how I'm going to make it tomorrow or the next day or the next day, but I know he's going to be with me. You don't know what you're going to face. The Bible says, and I think it's the most encouraging verse in the Bible, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now, folks, that beats religion. That beats worshiping a statue or a man or a dogma. Say amen, ex-Catholic. It, it, be, it beats it because, folks, we have a personal relationship with the living God. These children getting baptized are saying, I believe in the death, burial, and resurrection, but my God is my Father in heaven. And Jesus Christ is my Lord in my heart. And there's a personal relationship. And folks, listen, the word leave means forsake. And I want to say this, he'll never forsake you because at Calvary he was forsaken. He cried out, my God, my God, why is thou forsaken me? And I'll tell you the reason God had to turn his back on Jesus Christ is so he wouldn't turn his back on you. He had to turn from sin because Jesus became sin for you on the cross. And he was forsaken that you'd never be forsaken. Thank God for that. He said, I'll never leave you. Yes, you can face tomorrow. When I think about forsaken, I think about little helpless children all around America with their parents forsaken. If it wasn't for good foster parents and people to adopt them, They'd be orphans. They'd be in some home. There's, they're all over the world. You go to Romania, there's just thousands of kids in homes, and they're terrible. China and Russia, just throw them in there like animals. Folks, I want to tell you something. Our Father will never forsake us. I think about some women whose husbands walk out on them. God said, I'll never forsake you. I think about children that fathers have abandoned them. I think about uh, women, and I think about men where the, where the wife just walks out on them. And folks, I want to tell you something. During this pandemic, many have found themselves in hospitals desperately lonely. And um, no one to even sit by their side. And they die alone. But I want to tell you this, friend. If you're a Christian, you'll never die alone. I like that Psalms 23, don't you? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. But verse 1 says, my, the, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There's contentment, say amen. Hey, listen, you, got, you have need of nothing. He'll make you lie down in green pastures. That's contentment. Don't you love green pastures? Amen. He says he'll restore your soul. And you can walk in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. What a purpose in life. I pray all these babies will live for not their, their name's sake, but God's name's sake. I pray Bo learns to pronounce it. Amen. Praise God. But I love that verse 4 where it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Now, folks, yea means you're going to die. I, I know y'all glad y'all showed up this morning to hear that. But if, if the rapture doesn't take place, there is a point in time called death. And after this, the judgment. And it's not important 
when and how you die, the most important thing is ten sec one second after you die is going what's going to count. But I love that verse where it says, "Yea, thy wall." Look, look at it. Sometime, Psalms twenty-three, verse four, through the valley of the shadow of death. For thou art with me. Can somebody at least smile on that verse? Amen. Thou art with me. And folks, the reason there's a shadow of death is because the light at the end of the tunnel, Jesus Christ. He's the light of heaven. It's a place of love and laughter. I like to cut up a lot. I like to be close to people. It's a place of love and laughter and joy and peace and purpose and praise. And folks, it's all because He's the light of the world. And folks, heaven, heaven is going to be a bright place. Woe will be unheard of. De depression, never thought of. Discouragement, you'll never have it in heaven. Now here is another story. And thank God the reason is, thou art with me. I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. It's a promise for life, and it's a promise in death. You can walk through, no panic, no pouting, through the experience called death because it's a passageway, not a place to dwell in. And he's the light at the end of the tone. And he said, thou art with me. When I'm lonely, his presence cheers me. When I'm worried, his presence calms me. By the way, worry is a mild form of atheism. I'm preaching to myself now. I'm not holier than thou. I've been concerned about a few things. We, we say it's concern, but it's really worry. It's a mild form of atheism. You're acting like God does not exist when you worry. You're acting like it's ultimately up to you to get through this trial. And 94% of all you worry about doesn't come to be, and uh, you Rob tomorrow with the day's worry. Thank God we ought to just rejoice in the Lord. This is the day the Lord's made. We ought to be content because thou art with me. Then third of all, I believe we can have holy contentment because of the confidence of his promise. I want you to notice a little phrase in verse 5. It says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with all things, such things. Now, they're, they're going to jail for being Jews. Uh, converted Jews, excuse me. They're going to jail. They're going to prison. They're being separated from their family. And they're, and they're tempted to go back. And don't you pass judgment on them. You might be too if you was going through a lot of tribulation and persecution by their own people and the government. And he said, hey, as you have, he said, hey, be content with such things as you have, as we have. For, here's the phrase I want to show you. He hath said, for he hath said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Isn't that a wonderful promise? Folks, I didn't say that. The president didn't say that. The new one that's coming into office ain't saying that. Folks, Jesus said, God Almighty, his word, 1,500 years 44 different authors, 66 different books, not one contradiction in this book. It says, I will never forsake you. He said, I want to uh, promise you a thing that I will not ever, ever, ever leave you. 
That's comfort. Say amen. You know, a promise is no better than the one who makes it. And I want you to know the one who made this promise is omnipotent. It means he's all-powerful. Up from the grave he arose. If he can conquer death, he can conquer your problems. Say amen. He's omniscient. You know what that means? This is convicting. He knows exactly what you're thinking. Some of y'all just changed your mind and started listening. He knows what you're thinking. A lot of you, some people are probably thinking, boy, I wish I could get out of here. This guy's going to preach all day. Now, God knows your mind. I can't read your mind, but God knows it. He's omniscient. And then he's omnipresent. Praise God, he's everywhere. And folks, the Bible says it and very clearly, he can't lie. Thank God you can trust him. He said it. Folks, we can have confidence in his promise. This morning we can have confidence in the word of God. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Look at Hebrews chapter 6 real quick. And I don't know why I always say real quick like I'm in a hurry. But chapter 6, verse 17. It says this, wherein God willing more abundantly to show into heirs, show you heirs of the promise of immobility of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. And look at verse 18, chapter 6. You with me? That by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. Say amen right there. How many has ever met a liar? Good gracious alive. You can't trust them, can you? It says, We might have strong consolation who have fled to refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whether the forerunner is entered into Jesus, uh, entered even Jesus, made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. You know what that means? Your anchor is not in this world. Your anchor is not in some rock of this world. Your anchor is upward. You're anchored in the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. And the Bible says that he's the author and finisher of your faith, praise God. And he is your solace. He is your substance. He is your security. He is your satisfaction. He is God. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. Folks, I don't have strength to go on, you might say. Well, the omnipotent God. The all-powerful God says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. You say maybe, God, I'm afraid of what I'm going to have to go through. Like a lot of us have been afraid of what we're going to go through. And the omnipresent God says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Some might say, God, I don't know what to do. And the omniscient God, the all-knowing God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Now, last but not least, not only do we have uh, contentment because of, um, of his provision, he's a God that will provide, Jehovah Jireh, he will provide, and he has provided. He's provided more for you than you can ever imagine. And then we ought to have contentment because of the companionship of his presence, and we ought to have contentment because of the confidence of his promise. But last but not least, we need to have confidence in the comfort of his protection the comfort of his protection. Look at verse 6, and I'll close. So that we may boldly say, not brassly, not fleshly, but boldly say, based on the promises of God, based on the indwelling Spirit of God that bears witness in your heart, 
It says that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. When you have contentment, you have companionship, you have his confidence, you can have his comfort, and you have his courage. Uh, yesterday, uh, Ray, the son of Miss Maccabee, kept saying, My mother had guts. My mother had guts. Uh, he's from North Carolina. He can say it if he wants to. Amen. And uh, he kept on and on and on talking about how bold she, she was. And she was. She had conviction, Brother Cody. You had a grandmother of conviction. Amen. Brother Cody almost said amen from the sound room just then. But, folks, she had conviction. She wouldn't compromise on the job. And she taught Christian school for 21 years. A little Christian school down in Ackworth, Harvest Baptist Academy, I think it's called. Maybe school, I don't know. School, okay. I knew y'all went there, so I wanted to check you out. And I, he kept saying, my, my, grandma, uh, my mama had guts. Well, I got in and translated and make it a little more uh, dignified, which I shouldn't. I said, no, she had conviction. Amen. She had confidence in her Lord that God was going to bless her if she wouldn't compromise with the world and look to the world for her substance. And she didn't. And so when you have contentment, you have companionship, you have provision. Folks, you have confidence, but you have courage and you have comfort in his protection. Let me just say this, based on the word of God, you will have tribulation as a Christian. This is a warfare. In this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. John 16, 33, and he's telling the disciples that many of them were martyred, and many of them were uh, imprisoned, and many of them were hungry, and many of them, their own families kicked them out of their family for being disciples. And he said, in this world you shall have tribulation. And folks, I want you to know the heartaches are going to be there and the persecution might be there. I doubt it, but we might get to that point. But folks, he was writing to these that faced the opposition of family and friends and mockery and brutality. Yeah, he could say, they could say, the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. Psalms 46.1 says, the Lord is a uh, helper in the time of need. The Lord is my help in the time of need. And I don't know if you know this or not, and I know you do because you're, I know you're awake. We need God. This country needs God. This world needs God. Your family needs God. The devil is a roaring lion seeking to devour and divide. He's, he's seeking to divide your heart where there'll be disloyalty and worry and strife. He's trying to divide your marriage. He's trying to divide, divide your children. That's why it's so important what these, these parents did this morning, up front, purpose in their heart. We're going to stay in church. We're going to stay in the Word. We're going to stay faithful. We're going we're gonna to be a good example for these little babies. Because I'm going to tell you something. The devil, the world, and the flesh will try to grab their hearts. We're in a warfare. But I thank God for this promise. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. One time my preacher, Brother Paul Forsythe, was preaching a missions conference right here on our 10th anniversary. That's many moons ago. 
And he did something very strange. He said, I got a one-word message for our missionaries while you need to pray. And he got up in the pew. It used to be a little pew, and that's why I got rid of that little pew. Number one is because I got so big I couldn't get another preacher in there with me. But uh, it was not stay, it's not, it was not uh, nailed to the ground. It's not screwed to the, to the platform. And he got up there. And I'll never forget, he got up there and he, and he got in that pew and he said, here's one word that the missionaries need. And he cried out, help! And as soon as he said that, that pew started rocking forward and I ran as quick as I could and grabbed the back of it and he almost really needed help. And I want to tell you something, friend. I don't know if you know this or not, but my Bible tells me we need God. First of all, you need him as your personal Savior. You'll never go to heaven by a ladder of religion. The only way to heaven is through the cross, through the blood. And folks, you'll never go through a day that you don't need Him. You'll need His presence. It's hard to say goodbye to a mama or good night if you're saved and she's saved. It's the hardest thing I ever had to do was say good night to my mama. I was a mama's boy. It's hard to go through tribulation like we're going through. It's hard to go through all this that we have to go through to try to keep a safe environment to, to preach the gospel and keep this church open. It's hard. It's hard when your best friend walks, walks out and doesn't say bye. It's hard, some of y'all been through it, when a husband leaves or a wife leaves. It's hard when a children turns on God and starts living for the devil. But I want to tell you what encourages me. The, the Lord said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And then they said, well, we can just boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I heard this song yesterday, and I don't know about the group, and I hope you don't judge me for quoting them, but it's uh, Brian Freed and Assurance, I think. But they, they wrote this song, they sung this song. I got this little old machine uh, I never have to look at the clock. I just ask this machine, uh, you know, what time is it? Google, what time is it? And I'll say, Google, what's the temperature? I want to say, Google, why don't you read my mind? What am I doing today, you know? But um, it came on there. I always try to listen to two songs in the shower because uh, that's my, I don't want to spend too long in the shower, but I want to take one every day. But um, this song came on and I started jotting down the, or I went to Google. I went to Google and Googled it, and I got the words of this song. It says this, Because of you, I'll never walk alone. Arms stretched open wide, barely hanging on to life, left to shudder all alone. You came for all mankind to bridge the great divide, somehow ended up alone. Because of all the blood and tears you shed, I will never know that kind of loneliness. Your spirit never leaves me, even when I'm hurting. I don't have to bear that burden on my own. You carry all my pain and, and buried all my shame when you made that rugged tree your righteous throne. Because of you, <clears throat> I will never walk alone. You came here as a man, I know. You, under, you understand what I, it's like to walk these roads. But my problems don't compare to that crown. <clears throat> you had to wear, but still, you take them as your own. Because of all the blood and tears you shed, 
I will never know that kind of loneliness. You carried all the pain and buried all the shame. And you made that rugged tree your righteous thrones. Because of you, <coughs> I'll never walk alone. And that's so true. Because of Calvary, because of the death, burial, and resurrection, because of the ascension, I'm not going to go back to religion. I'm not going to go back to politics to give me all my security. I'm not going to go back to this world. I'm not going to go back to this uh, the money. I'm not going to go back to other people or things to, to, to give me security and peace and contentment. I'm just going to take this promise. He said it, for he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this verse, or these two verses. And thank you for the truth therein. Thank you for the assurance, because you said it. <clears throat> but thank you for the confidence as we believe it. So Lord, help us to trust you. Lord, we can't trace you. During this time, we can't trace you. But we sure can trust you. And so, Lord, increase our faith and help us as Paul admonishes the Hebrew Christians don't go back. Let us go on. Let us see Jesus. With every head bowed, every eye closed, help me say, Preacher, without a doubt, I needed this message, even though I'm saved and I know I'm going to heaven. If I died today, I know without a doubt that I'd go to heaven. Would you raise your hand as a happy testimony? Nobody's looking around. Nobody's going to approach you. I mean, glad that you know Him as your personal Savior. Say amen. What a blessing. Several can now raise your hand. You said, preaching, well, I, I'm a Baptist. Baptist won't get you there. I'm a church member. Church membership won't get you there. Even being baptized, children, it won't save you. The blood of Jesus washes from all sin. Baptism's a testimony and a public profession, and an act of obedience. But you say, preacher, I've never been saved. And I guess I'm on my own. And I don't want to be on my own. I don't want to face tomorrow. I don't want to try to build a marriage. I don't want to try to raise a child on my own. I don't want to face the uncertainty of this day. Well, let me give you a certain fact. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And you'd say, preacher, this morning, I'm not saved but I sure would like to be, and I want you to pray for me. And that's what we'll do. We're not come to you, not embarrass you. I want to do the most I could ever do for you. I want to pray for you. And you say, Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved, and I have him as my personal Savior every day, and I want you to pray for me. Would you slip your hand up if you need to be prayed for? I know I, when I was lost, I had a good cousin that prayed for me every invitation. And I thank God for Alfie. Every invitation, praying for me to get saved. And finally, I got saved. Anyone to say, preacher, pray for me. I'm not saved, but I'd like to be. I want you to pray for me. Every head's bowed. Every eye's closed. Nobody's looking. Anyone? Do you think enough of your own soul to request prayer for your soul and say, preacher, pray for me? Anyone? Anyone? I'll wait just a minute. Let me say, preacher, I'm saved. But I got some loved ones that are not. And I want you to help me to pray for them. Because I believe they're empty. And I believe they're searching. And I believe they worry about everything and they're in distress. They're maybe even depressed. And I want God to use me 
to help them. And I want you to pray with me for them. Would you slip your hand up real high on their behalf? I got a nephew I want you to pray for. God bless you all over this place. All over this place. And last but not least, how many say, Preacher, I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I know it. I can take you to the place, take you to the time. But I trusted the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. I know I'm saved. But I need this message because I need to be reminded that He'll never leave me or forsake me because, man, sometimes I feel forsaken. Sometimes I feel worried. Sometimes I even feel lonely. Sometimes I even get bitter. And I need to draw closer to God this morning and ask God to melt in my heart that He'll never leave me nor forsake me. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer? i got to raise mine. God bless you. God bless you. Some of y'all been through some tough stuff. Some of y'all have had to say goodnight to your loved ones. Some of you have had to have, went through some trials and tribulation. You need this. I need this. Anyone else? Anyone else? Yes, I see that hand. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Anyone else? Father, thank you for the message. I pray it's been a message, not just an outline, not just a sermon. And God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you'd help, it, help this, these truths melt in our hearts. That we'd apply it when we get out of here. God, we'd put away the worrying. We'd put away the anxiety. We'd put away the fear. Or let you put it away. And God, trust you and your word that says you'll never leave us or forsake us. Thank you, God, for this passage. Thank you, God, for this truth. In Jesus' name, amen.